Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern, Ned Reynolds, back in the studio on a Tuesday morning. So, Ned, help me understand something. Deshaun Watson commits, allegedly, quote-unquote, 24 sexual assaults, suspended 11 games. Mike Evans literally punches a guy in the face on the field over the weekend. One game. Willie Gay Jr. breaks the vacuum. Four games. Help me understand this. Wish I could. I'm I'm puzzled more than anything else by the timing. Heck, that incident occurred last January, for heaven's sake. They've had the entire... This is the NFL we're talking about now. They've had the entire spring, summer, and fall to adjudicate whatever the measure is going to be, and yet they let the season start with a couple of games and then suspend him for four. I think the Chiefs probably knew a suspension or something. Something would be coming that, you know, you're not going to escape penalty free from the NFL with all of the political correctness they go through. But over and above all that, this is the, the timing is bizarre, to say the very least. And, and you're right. Heck, the one punch incident occurred last week and the guy gets a game suspension. All right. He may somewhere along the line get more after the season's over. That I don't know. But in, in case of Willie Gay, that's who we're interested in here. This is a very unusual circumstance, in my opinion. The fact that it's four games and this late in the season. I th- would have thought if they're going to do something in the season, be the very start of it. First four games, but nope. I would have rather them do the first four games because it would have been Arizona. The Chargers game would have been difficult, but then the Colts, Tampa Bay would have been difficult. Now it's going to be Colts, Tampa Bay, Vegas, Buffalo. And, and Buffalo. We, they totally screwed us, man. When you have Buffalo on there, you bet. That's Thanks a lot, Rod. That's going to be And maybe that enters into it. I don't know. I don't know what the protocol is. Uh, are they doing something to punish the team? Uh, I don't know. I don't understand. Again, 24 sexual assaults, 11 games. Somebody gets punched in the face one game. He broke a <laughs> vacuum. No physical altercation was done. It was literally broke a vacuum. Well, Mike, no, he did push her into the couch, and she did file a complaint about that. It wasn't it wasn't a punch or anything like that. It was a push, but still, that's what they're taking into consideration. It's garbage, Raj. You listening to me? You suck as commissioner. All right, so <laughs> we had two games happening at the same time. Um, early on, it was pretty. Uh, it was pretty. Uh, obvious that the the Bills had control against the Tennessee Titans. So I did watch a green and white play, and it looks like you got a pretty good team there, buddy. I think they're very good. Yeah. I really, the Eagles are talking about, and that's Jalen Hurts, who has done a great job with this team. Buffalo is immense. Josh Allen has really taken that team over, and, and they're controlled very well. They have the component parts to be a terrific team, and they already are 41-7 to over the Tennessee Titans, and the Titans aren't a bad ball club. Boy, Buffalo owned them, ran them right out of the ballpark. Philadelphia's game with Minnesota a little bit more one-sided than the score would indicate. The Eagles win it by a score of 24-7. Minnesota did stage something of a rally, but gosh, the Philadelphia defensive backfield, the Slay kid was all over the place, picking picking off aerials from Kirk Cousins, and it, it just was not Minnesota's best performance, but it was for Philadelphia. I think the Eagles have a very good team. They are a championship-level ball club. That's not to predict anything, but both Buffalo and Philadelphia are right up there at the top. They definitely uh, showed it last night. I felt bad for Cousins, man, because his receivers were dropping balls left and right, too. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. They had they had at least one touchdown that got dropped, and it just, 
You hate to see it. All right, so let's switch gears. Golf time, President's Cup. That starts later this week, right? It starts on Thursday. They're playing at Quail Hollow in Charlotte. What is the President's Cup? <laughs> it's an adjunct to the Ryder Cup. Now, the Ryder Cup is played every other year. So in the interim years, they have the President's Cup. Now, the Ryder Cup is Europe against the USA. The President's Cup is the international golf team against or international all-stars against the USA. So always the USA is the opponent in this one. It'll be at Quail Hollow. It'll be very good competition. The USA team is loaded. Uh, I'm interested to see how the live players are accepted and they apparently are going to be allowed to play. So it'll be rather interesting philosophical challenge between the, the two sides here as to who prevails and what's going to happen. But nonetheless, the four-day competition begins on Thursday. It's, it's the same format as the Ryder Cup. Mm-hmm. You have the team, best ball, and so forth and so on. And they'll conclude it on Sunday. So college rankings officially out after the weekend of incredible action, in my opinion, in college football. Bulldogs still number one, though? They are. Georgia is still the number one team. And <laughs> you look at Missouri's schedule, and they have Georgia coming in next Saturday. Not this coming. All Missouri has to do this Saturday is go down to Auburn. Now, Auburn's not very good. They're having big problems. Their coach is on the hot seat down there. But that's this week. Next week, the number one team in America, Georgia, comes into Columbia to play in a night game. It'll be a Saturday night game. So Georgia's number one, Alabama number two, then it's Ohio State, Michigan, and Clemson. These are the teams that you normally expect to be right up there at the top. Oklahoma, number six. The Sooners are playing very well. Then Southern Cal, which is staging a comeback, and that's where Oklahoma's former coach Lincoln Riley is now at Southern Cal. They are number seven, Kentucky, Oklahoma State, and surprisingly, and I find this to be very surprising, Arkansas did not drop. They held on, huh? They stayed number 10, which is kind of a twofold circumstance. Number one, they won the game. Okay, do you drop a team that won? Number two, they saw who Arkansas played and said, hey, you know what? That Missouri State team is pretty damn good, and uh, we'll give Arkansas the benefit of the doubt. So we'll on, on that note, if they look at that and they say that team's pretty damn good in the FCS, the Bears should have gained a little bit of ground. Which they did not do. Are you kidding me? Now, now keep in mind there are no official FCS rankings like uh, the AP Associated Press yeah. has the number one. And these are not really official. It's the bowl rankings that make the big difference. And FCS has playoffs. That's the difference. So the rankings are truly subjective. But the one that I put most stock in is Athlon, E-T-H-L-O-N, and that's the Athlon Sports Company. They put out a series of rankings, and (laughs) somehow, someway, the Bears remain number five in America. That one I do not understand. Number one is North Dakota State, even though they lost. They still maintain number one, lost to Arizona, which is a Pac-12 team, and lost very similar fashion to the Bears. North Dakota State ran out of gas. Lost it on a field goal at the end of the game. Okay, they remain number one. Number two is the team that plays here Saturday, South Dakota State. They are really, really good. Are they as good as Arkansas? I think they're probably different from Arkansas, but they're a big team. They're big and physical. They always are. They had the one game this year, their opener against Iowa, in which no team scored any touchdowns. It was a 7-3 to Iowa win. South Dakota State's offense may not be, in fact, I'm quite sure it is not, as strong as the Bears, but they do have breakaway people on their team, one of whom is Isaiah Davis from Joplin. How did he escape? 
but he did somehow ended up in Brookings, South Dakota. This is a kid who was Missouri's Player of the Year in 2019, and he's not here? What is this? Where did the uh, where did the chips fall here? Anyway, Isaiah Davis is a fine player. South Dakota State's number two. And then you have the uh, usual listing from there on in with the Montanas. Number four is very curious. Number four is Incarnate Word, the University of Incarnate Word. They are a relatively new Division I ball club. They're in San Antonio. They're loaded. They are really, really strong. They took Southern Illinois from the Missouri Valley Conference and ran them out of the ballpark. I want to play this bunch. They're, they're very good. And then the Bears are number five. I think the Bears are a lot better than number five, and I think they're going to prove that as the season goes on. Well, they can prove it this Saturday for sure. That'd be a great win at home. All right. Um, you know, it's funny. The Major League Baseball scene has changed. It used to be small ball. You used to move the runners, and then they're like, ah, we need more excitement. Let's hit more home runs. It's funny because they kind of got what they wanted. This season, everyone's just talking about home runs instead of winning games, aren't they? One is a little bit unusual because you had Albert building up over his years in baseball. Yeah, just the to timing. But Aaron Judge, my goodness sake, keep in mind now, Aaron Judge is a behemoth. He's six foot seven, weighs probably 245, 250, 255, somewhere around there. He can unload. He's a terrific hitter and has been ever since he's been up in the big leagues. He now has 59 home runs. The American League record is 61 that Roger Maris set in 1961. You're saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. How about Barry Bonds? How about Henry Aaron? Those guys all hit more than that in one season? They did. They're National Leaguers. This is an American League record that Aaron Judge is seeking and probably will break. He has, I want to say, something like 13 or 14 more games to go, and he should do that. He's a good player. What about a big Al? How's he doing? Well, he has a, a situation that's uh, coming up here in a – well, it starts tonight, as a matter of fact. Cardinals are on the road. They're playing the San Diego Padres in three games – San Diego's ballpark, Petco Field, is not a big hitter's no, ballpark. It's not. So Albert may have some problems. Albert can hit the ball out of any ballpark, any any park, including Yellowstone. He can he can hit it. He's got <laughs> right over strategy. the geyser. <laughs> and then he has three more at Dodger Stadium in Los Angeles, followed by two in Milwaukee and six against the Pittsburgh Pirates. He only has, I say only. He has to hit two home runs to get the magic 700 mark. He already is the fourth all-time leading home run hitter in baseball history. But getting that magic mark of over 700 would really be a great achievement before he retires. Yeah, especially since he only needs two, man. Hopefully he can get them. Ned, you have a great day. I'll see you later, man.